Knock, and it will be opened to you. Our lesson is from Luke chapter 11. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, if you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you first of all that we get to call you Father. Just like Jesus said we should and we could. And so, God, we thank you for being a loving dad who hears and answers our prayers. Anytime we can bring anything to you and you're happy to hear from your children. Father, we thank you for that. Jesus, we thank you for being the perfect big brother who has taken away our sin. And, Father, we thank you as well for the gift of the Holy Spirit who illuminates the scriptures you have inspired to be written and conforms us to the image of Jesus and teaches us to pray as he did. And we ask for this grace in his good name. Amen. Okay, as we come to this, Luke chapter 11, it starts with Jesus praying and the disciples coming to him, observing him praying and asking Jesus this very interesting question, teach, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus then gives them a model of prayer we call the Lord's Prayer, and he will give us a parable, the shameless neighbor, and a principle. And then another parable and another principle. We'll just talk about the first one today. A parable is a story, an illustration, an analogy, a big idea through a word picture to communicate something about a theological concept. And so we're talking about the shameless neighbor. The first parable... We read this, and he said to them, Jesus does, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence or his boldness or his shamelessness, 
That's probably the best rendering of the Greek term. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. So here's the story. In that day, people would travel, oftentimes on foot, sometimes on the back of an animal, and it would be a long and a difficult journey, and they would pull into what was often a small town. Usually a small town didn't have a comfort inn and suites and where someone left the light on for you. So when you rolled in at midnight, you needed to find a place to stay. Maybe there would be a small inn, but oftentimes those places were kind of what, a little bit shady, maybe dangerous. So the best scenario was to find a residence of someone you knew a friend or a friend of a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend, and you would go up and you would knock on the door, and as it is in many Eastern cultures in that day, there was this obligation of cultural hospitality that someone would let you in to stay at their house and to eat their food and to care for you because you knew one day you might end up being a traveler, needing a place to stay. And as it is in Eastern culture, you wouldn't want to reject them because you didn't want to lose face and you might one day want the favor returned. And the story here is that someone has been traveling, we can infer a very long distance, they arrive at what time? Midnight, which for many of us is not too late because we have electricity. But midnight in that culture, though, was very, very late because the sun went down. There's no electricity. You go home. You have dinner. You go to bed when the sun goes down. And when the sun comes up in the morning, you get up and you go to work because you're usually working in a farming society, a hunting or fishing or farming, those kind of things. So midnight is very late. And someone comes to your home at midnight and, you're ba- and they're banging on the door and you're fast asleep. And you get up, you open the door, you say, what can I do for you? Oh, you're a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend. And you need a place to stay and you need food to eat. The problem is in the parable, you don't have any food. You didn't know they were coming. They didn't text message you in advance on their iPhone 1.0. So next thing you know, you're in a shameful position. You don't have any food to eat. You can't go to 7-Eleven. We haven't invented 7-Elevens yet. You can't go to Subway, get a sub. You won't have tacos, they're Hebrews. How will you feed these people? What shall you do? Can't call Domino's. Woe is me. How shall I feed my guests? I know what I'll do. I'll go to my neighbor's house and I'll bang on his door and I'll make my problem his problem. Do you have a neighbor like this? So your neighbor makes their problem your problem. They come knocking on your door. Hey, somebody just showed up at my house. They need something to eat. I need some bread. Because you don't have much food. You're poor family and the guy who is your neighbor says we sleep in a small one one room home we're flat broke we don't even have our own bedroom we take mats out and roll them out on the floor and make the kids and the wife sleep there we're all sleeping together kind of miserable sleeping with your kids every time one kid gets sick 
This is how it always works. They climb into bed with you and they always want to sleep in the middle. So in, the, in this culture, they just slept with the kids to begin with, make it simpler. So this guy sleeping on a bed with his wife and his kids, they got the mat rolled out and the neighbor comes over and bangs on the door. I need three loaves of bread. And the guy says, hey, it's midnight. You're gonna wake up my whole family. We're trying to sleep. Don't you know what time it is? The rude, inconsiderate, shameless neighbor says, I, I do know what time it is, but I'm going to stand here and beat on the door until I get myself a few loaves of bread because that's the kind of neighbor I am. What do you do? Eventually you open the door because you can't let this guy wake up your kids. Kids have, I know, kids have no idea what time it is. They don't wear watches. It's midnight. And if they wake up, whew, the whole house could be awake. And they might think the kids, awesome, nighttime is over, time to play. You're going to have to settle the kids down. And depending on what stage of development, this can be a real chore. You see, even back then, par par parents learned the value of routine and the importance of sleep. You could tell just from this little parable. And so the guy gets up and he opens the door. What do you want? I want bread. Give it to me. I'm going to keep banging on the door. Jesus' point is not, hey, when you pray, pray like that. Pray like a rude neighbor. That's not Jesus' point. That's not the big idea. The big idea, even if someone is being rude or inconsiderate or shameless or real bossy or pushy, and some of us can be like that, eventually we still meet their requests. Why? Not because he is our friend. Because ultimately we do care. And even though they're frustrating us, we're going to meet their needs. And so in comparison to prayer, here's what he's saying. He's saying that even if we're not the greatest children of God, even if we're not having the best intentions or motives. Our God is loving. Our God is gracious. Our God is kind. And we don't need to make him be good. He just is good. God is so good. I mean, we're not good. And yet we will fulfill the request of a rude neighbor. God is so much better than us. How much more will he answer our prayers? And so we should just come to him day or night, 24-7, because God is a father who loves us and he's never asleep and he's never tired and he's never weary. He's not unable or incapable or inconvenienced as a neighbor would be. So if we're going to go bug our neighbor for something, and let's face it, we often do, 
We should certainly just go talk to God as well anytime about anything and God hears and answers all our prayers. So please, please, please don't ever think you are inconveniencing God. Shamefully approach the throne of your father. Abraham did it in the Old Testament lesson, didn't he? Right, on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. He knew. His plea was a little bit iffy. But he boldly, shamelessly went to the Father on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. Those two cities with horrible reputation. And you know what? It's perfectly okay with God. He is there for us. He hears our prayers and he answers our needs, not because of who we are, got that? But because of who he is. Jesus wants us to know that our God is so gracious. So be bold to ask. This is the God who gave you his son after all. This is the God who gave you salvation. Ask, seek, and knock. He will hear. He will answer according to his good and gracious will. Amen.